This is a yelling podcast. From poking at you to plans and everything in between, this is Magnified Pod, the only podcast that discusses culture, religion, politics, and the entire discography of everyone's favorite left coast punks, MXPX. And we're back. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew here. John here. John over there. Yeah. I'm here. He's there. You're wherever you are. Mm-hmm. I don't know. At work. <laughs> sure. Pooping, maybe. <laughs> Commuting, I don't know. perhaps. Commuting. Doing dishes. That's always a good podcast. That is that is a John, do you do you listen to music while you're in the bathroom? Uh I so I usually rock a podcast. While I'm getting ready, but then I switch to music for the shower. Okay. Yeah. I Here's the thing. I like music while I'm showering, mm-hmm. but it bothers Dana a lot because of the acoustics, uh-huh. and it's, like, loud as hell. Yeah. And so I want to hear the music over the shower. Yes. And so I want to turn it up, but then it's just, like, exploding with, you know, punk rock or whatever I'm listening to, and it's yeah. just, like... That's, that's, it's a bit too loud, but. That's marriage. That's marriage. Compromise, everybody. <laughs> that's, that's how, that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, John, as we are recording this, MXPX is playing in Dallas with Five Iron Frenzy. So jelly. And tomorrow in Austin, also with Five Iron Frenzy, Mm -hmm. and in Chicago, never. Never. Yeah. So let's fix that. Yeah, let's let's fix it. I hope everybody has did have an amazing time at the shows. I'm sure. Anytime you know, anytime Five Iron plays, it's an amazing show, and I think MXPX Five Iron uh, uh, Bill is. Always, always good. Always good. So, uh, I feel like Mike has sort of teased some announcements coming uh, on his most recent podcast, but mm. we will see what those are. Yeah. Hopefully, fingers crossed, they are shows outside of Cali, Washington, yeah. and Texas. It's time. It is time. It's time, guys. We are struggling over here in the Midwest, as is the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, something else, John, that we need to discuss. Uh, something that we had mentioned on our very first episode in our um, mission statement is that we were going for um, mostly error-free. Yes. That we weren't going for error-free. Sure. Zero mistakes. We're going for mostly, yeah, mostly right some of the time. I think we're we got a pretty good track record. I think so. Overall. I think for the most part we've nailed it. Uh, per you know, for this is episode thirteen. Yeah. Uh, I think for as few times as we've had to do a correction segment, I feel like we were pretty good. Yeah. This is this is a bit of a bummer and this is a two-parter because it has both of it both of these corrections have to do with the descendants guitarist Stefan Edgerton. 
we erroneously uh, <laughs> individually referred to him as Stephen. Mm-hmm. You you called him Stephen, and then I called him Steve. Um, neither of those are, are his names. It is Stefan. Uh, but to, in my defense, I don't know if I've, I've only, only mostly seen it in writing. I don't know if I've ever heard an interview with him or a podcast with him introducing himself. So I've heard it pronounced, but I still like to call him Steve. <laughs> because, because <laughs> fuck you, yeah. Stefan Edgerton. Yeah. You, you're going to have a name. What's like that? Yeah. You're going to pronounce it Stefan. Right. I'm going to call you Steve. We're going to call you Steve because that's your name. Um, So, uh, but the bigger mistake is uh, mistakenly uh, thinking that Stefan Edgerton played guitar in Bad Religion. So, here is what I think happened. We bungled the... Stephen Edgerton plans within plans, confusing him with Brian Baker, right. who played on the previous record, right. Secret Weapon. And Brian Baker yes. was it well is the bad religion guitar player. Um Greg Hetson, also bad religion, yep. had worked with MXPX in the past as well. So I think we were just mixing, meshing, meshing the yeah. um, punk rock legends of Bad Religion, Descendants, and their work with the band. That's on me. I uh, well, I also you I, went co- along I co-signed. With my lie. Yeah, I, <laughs> your lie. Yep. You're you're leading the resistance from inside this podcast. <laughs> well, I just you know we did have a listener point out the the erroneous pronunciation yeah. of of Stephen Edgerton, but do you know what actually alerted it to me Mm-mm. was listening to on the cover too ah. when he. When Mike says, you know, I want to be, be Stephen Edgerton. You know, yeah, he says, I want to be <laughs> right. Milo and Bill. Yeah, I want to yeah, yeah. be, I want to be Stephen. Yeah. So, and I was like, shoot. I was like, shit. We, <laughs> we, I definitely called that bastard Steve. Yeah. I want to be big Stevie. <laughs> I want to be, I want to be Stevie E. I mean, the Brian Baker guitar solo on Secret Weapon does sound very bad religion y. And we talked about that. And then it does. one of Stefan's solos on Plans sounded like that in my brain. Sure. So so that's where you went. Yep. I'm sorry. I failed you, <laughs> Poconatchee Nation. <laughs> is that what we're is that what we're gonna go with? Uh, the Poconation. No. <laughs> Poconation. <laughs> uh, yeah. We. You know what we haven't done, and I've thought about this. Is you know some some podcasts give their listeners like a cute nickname maggie's yeah <laughs> something like that <laughs> you want to you want to yeah what's up all you maggots <laughs> you could do the mark maron thing where it's like mags magos maggie's yeah <laughs> go except except less derogatory it's less yeah. derogatory yes um yeah i've i've got i've got nothing i've you know I'm, i don't want to i don't want to call anybody maggie's <laughs> no 
That sounds a we'll little... We'll give it some thought. We'll give it a little thought. Yeah. But, you know, maybe this could be an instance where people could call us and let us uh, know their thoughts. King of the transitions. That's me. John, we now have a magnified pod voicemail. Yes. So anybody can call and leave us a message with their thoughts, um, feedback. <laughs> leave us a message. That's terrible. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. On our machine. Sheen. 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 This is a great bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's it's a great bit in Spinal Tap, and it's a great bit now. <laughs> That's right. Since my baby. <laughs> since. Um, how about the number? We'll go yep. with that. 872 762 Four seven six three, or if you want to remember it a little bit easier, eight seven two seven Magpod. Magpod. Yep, eight seven two seven Magpod. It'll it'll go straight to voicemail. So if you're wanting to call and chat with us, uh, sure. (laughs) Our lone voicemail (laughs) so far. Should we cover that one real quick? (laughs) We uh. We received one voicemail immediately, <laughs> almost almost immediately after um, I posted on Instagram that we have a voicemail line now. And I was like, oh, cool. Maybe somebody will be like, hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, I love the show. Love the pod. <laughs> love your hot takes on everything. Uh, and instead, all it said was, y'all blow. <laughs> Real quick though. Like, Real quick. Y'all blow. Y'all blow. Was I think that... it was Mike. That's my <laughs> Yeah. Mike, he did he did like the post, so maybe mm. maybe Mike is not too thrilled with some of our <laughs> some of our takes. Oh, you know who it is? Aaron Sprinkle. Yeah. That's <laughs> Aaron Sprinkle is probably pissed. correct. He because we're I don't know how many episodes we've bust tossed him at this point. Poor Aaron. Poor Aaron Sprinkle. Um, and to Aaron, we probably do blow. So, sorry. Sorry, yeah. guy. Um, so, John, uh, um, I know that you're, uh, we started this podcast fresh from you burning all your Nike products. Yeah. Um, because you're, you're super pissed and that's what you do when you are angry, you burn things that you already own and have given money to somebody else. That's correct. That'll show them. I saw a tweet that said, cut my socks into pieces. <laughs> this is my last resort. And that's, I thought that was funny. Jump, jump. <laughs> that's, that's pretty brilliant. Yeah. I think, I don't know what it is with, I just, like, I'm not... I mean, I, I tend to see this mostly with conservative boycotts. Um, it just, especially with this, with Nike, with Keurig, you, uh, with other, you're you're destroying your own property. Yeah, you're not sticking it to anybody. <laughs> I mean, the or like Starbucks. 
there this is supposed to be like uh you know saying like oh this is symbolic we're never gonna buy your products again right yes you are <laughs> These the these products are so ubiquitous and they they never they never last and th- the point of a boycott is to not go out and buy something to right. destroy it. Yeah. That's you can keep your socks for a while probably. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't need to buy more socks in right. the future. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, like if you're gonna you know, if you're gonna destroy your clothing or shoes or whatever you're gonna have to you're gonna go out and have to research well does this company also have a political position that i disagree with is that really how every like you know is everybody gonna be like well it's we live in such a pluralistic society that if we make decisions about what we purchase based on whether or not I agree with everybody's ideology. Like we would be in a state of like, we couldn't, we would never be able to do anything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I understand you vote with your money. And if you believe so strongly that police should kill black people with impunity, then by all means destroy all your Nike products. (laughs) But, um, this is, I just, I just find this whole thing to be completely, completely silly that this is that Colin Kaepernick had the forethought two years ago when he started this and he's like you know what in two years I'm really gonna benefit from being the most hated man in all the football yeah you know and here's his windfall he just he just lucked out finally finally yeah I guess I'm glad that you uh sold your non-Christian CDs instead of burning them. I think you set a real example for <laughs> That's right. people should at least sell their Nike products. Yeah, I mean, sell them, sell your Nike shoes to the libs who who love him. Yeah. If you want to own us as the libs, then sell us your socks. <laughs> or just give them to us. Yeah, either way is fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll take your, you know, I'll take your, I don't, I don't even know, I don't even Air know. Air Force Ones. Is that a still thing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know anything about shoes. Shoes. I'm not a sneakerhead. Is that what they call them? That is. Yes, that is a thing. I'm. I'm first and foremost primarily a moonhead. Right. So <laughs> I don't. I don't know about the sneaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Much like uh, with the rest of fashion, the only real window I have into it is via hip hop lyrics. So <laughs> sure. Um, your what are. What are Yeezy's... Uh... Yeezy says, Yeezy, 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 just dumped off a jump, man. <laughs> Which is when his shoes sold more than Nike shoes. Wrote a whole song about it. Yeah. I, I guess if if that's that's the take you want to do... <laughs> yep, just that's the thing you can do. Yeah. Talk about... I, I thought... Uh, I was wondering if it was a Drake reference. Because doesn't Drake have yes, a... Yes, I think that's what it was. Jumpman was the shoes that Drake did with Nike, right? Boy, this is going to be a Drake correction section. <laughs> yeah. Who is Kiki? I uh, don't know. I I don't fuck with Drake. Oh, really? No. Controversies. Is it a controversy? I don't know. I don't I don't I don't really I don't really get down with Drake. I don't think yeah. I don't think he's I his bars aren't that 
impressive to me, especially when it's questionable if he's writing his own bars. So that's true. We have talked about this already on the podcast. We have good for us. Like we're ahead of we we. If you want to go and listen to our takes on Drake, um, go listen to probably like the first four episodes when we talk about Kanye. And yeah, we gotta get back on <laughs> Kanye corner. Here. Yeah, we do. Like what we're listening to and stuff. We gotta yeah. prepare prepare that. I mean, we've for- only been listening to the new MXPX for the past five episodes yeah so. i've only i i haven't even listened to any of these other albums that we've been talking about it's just, this is all from this is all muscle memory just right. all from you know diving back into my subconscious and in, in my childhood mm-hmm. um before we do get into the um album john oh before let me just before i before that mm. uh i we've had some requests from some listeners you know we in our let it happen episode we did none of the of this this bullshit that we're doing right now (laughs) we we didn't do any of this conversation none of the other stuff and we had a couple people be like hey what's what's the deal you're this is your this is your deal okay it's good to know but but they were expecting the this part plus the let it happen and they were saying we need to do five hour episode if that's what if this is our (laughs) thing so do you remember that whole thing yes so john go put on a pot of coffee yeah we've got we've got a (laughs) another four hours and 40 minutes i wouldn't of content past us we can do it (laughs) we we, i don't we have yet to break the three hour mark (laughs) one day one of these days Um, but yeah, I thought you were going to say people were like, hey, this was kind of cool not to have any <laughs> talking in the beginning. Why don't you guys try that again? <laughs> Why don't you guys shut the fuck up for a minute <laughs> yeah. and just talk about the music? Mm. But that's what we're exactly not doing right here at yeah. this moment. Right. Because, um, let's see, today is Friday, September 7th, 2018, and everything is still on fire. <laughs> yep, correct. <laughs> every, every week is just more bananas than the than the last yeah uh so this new york times op-ed that is currently tearing apart dc at the moment mm-hmm. uh by an anonymous author i am part of the resistance inside the trump administration it is a bizarre <laughs> article i'm, I'm yes. assuming you've I'm yes. assuming you read it so um this person is clearly a a conservative and not somebody who's because they say this ours is not the popular quote resistance of the left right and they still think that the policies have made America safer and more prosperous right um dis- <laughs> in spite of of Trump yeah and it's not because of because yeah. of him and he's they this person says that Trump is anti-trade and anti-democratic mm-hmm. and he's impetuous, adversarial, petty and yeah. ineffective. Right. And um what this article is ultimately saying is that he has this this preference for autocrats and dictators and then other people in the administration have to kind of overcorrect 
and make sure that he's not actively damaging like the, the, the country. The yeah. yeah. And they have to just ignore what he's saying and doing and asking mm-hmm. because they're like, that's fucking stupid. We're definitely not going to try and assassinate somebody or whatever impulsive decision. Right. So in what is, is being said is that this is no longer a representative democracy. Yeah, right. Because the person that was elected is so incompetent right. that people within his own cabinet are like, nope, you, you, you're not doing that. So we have this sort of, we don't know who is making the decisions. Yeah. Uh, because if it's not Trump, as this is alleging, then who we elected, right. it, like, well, we didn't elect him, but it just, it's, it's such a bizarre, it's such a bizarre realization and it's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, or she wrote, I mean, assuming this administration, probably a he, um, right. But Mike Pence, probably people are speculating. Really? Could yeah. Be. It's because of a particular, a particular word mm. that was used. People are hopping in the, the mystery machine to <laughs> solve this one. Yep. So go ahead. What were you saying? Um, no, just that, like, I think the intention was to calm people. <laughs> like, oh, it's not so bad. There's some competent people. But I love that, like, it's almost an aside in the piece that it's like, yeah, we talked about invoking the 25th Amendment, but we didn't want to do a constitutional crisis. So instead, we just did a coup, and <laughs> like, which I guess is more comforting than just Trump doing whatever. But I'm like, maybe you should have pursued that 25th Amendment idea a little more. Like, I don't know if they understand the scope of what they're, because they've been living with it for so long. But like, it was probably also intentional time that it came out at the same time as Bob Woodward's book where yeah. chief of staff apparently said on record that he's an idiot. And, um, right. Also, you know, just like the worst week for this administration in a lot of ways. Like I assume the timing was intentional, but I don't totally know what the goal was. Yeah. I, and I don't think that I think people dismissing this as, a, you know, because it's not, doesn't have a source that people, there's no byline, then, um, then they can just dismiss it. Yeah. You know, the New York Times is, um, there, if, if, I don't know, I, I, I give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, there are people on that team who know who wrote this. I mean, right. I don't think they're, there's no collusion. I don't think they're just like making up a fake article. That would be, yeah, that I mean, would I know make they're sense. the fake news and the failing New York Times and everything, but. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I mentioned the, the word in here uh, that has been attributed to Mike Pence on numerous occasions, quote, we may no longer have Senator McCain, but we will always have his example 
a load star for restoring mm. honor to public life in our national dialogue. It is a very specific. It's a very specific word, and I saw a video, a compilation of Pence using load star oh, a lot. So that doesn't necessarily mean he wrote it. Sure. Somebody could be throwing that in there to throw them off. Sure. People or there could be a speechwriter who puts that in all of Pence's speeches or something. Maybe, maybe yeah. But Lodestar is a super specific <laughs> yeah. turn of phrase and word that it's like, mm, I don't know. Like, that's not my go-to for like, I, I, I don't know if I've ever used the word Lodestar ever in my life, but... I always say we're the Lodestar of the... MXPX podcast? Yeah, yeah, kind of like the guiding <laughs> light for all Christian yep. pop punk podcasts. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I I think Mike Pence would agree. Yeah. He would say that we are the Lodestar... Lodestar runners. <laughs> dot com. Um, so this this kind of goes into the other story this week that has has me kind of reeling and things that have been going on in the Catholic Church. Um, not just the Catholic Church. No, not just the Catholic Church. And that is that I think the the what's been going on in the Catholic Church for decades and decades is it's it's only it's a it's a, a symptom of of a larger issue yeah um within within the big c church mm-hmm. and obviously the clerical uh, abuse that people often attribute to the catholic church is not unique to the catholic church mm-hmm. but the you know um states like New York and I think New Jersey are their attorneys general are launching some mm-hmm. investigations which yeah you should and it's not like any of this is new and I know that their new stuff pops up and they have to and they need to take it seriously or they're going to look weak or whatever but mm-hmm. this has been an issue Forever, and um, our boy Johnny Pavs, mm-hmm. John Pavlovitz, has an article from a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, and an article called "I Grew Up in the Catholic Church: Its Abuses Aren't Surprising." But one of the big takeaways for me is this this concept that. Especially, I mean, not just in the Catholic Church, but I mean, it is a big thing in the Catholic Church that you have the Pope who is seen as this virtually infallible um, figurehead of the Church. Mm -hmm. And then you have these priests, which are about as close to God as you can get. And so you put these individuals up and lift them up as these like these these deifications almost of 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 leaders and and 
you... So, well, here I'll just quote John Pavlovitz, who says, It's time the Catholic Church, the Catholic Evangelical and mainline Christian churches face the harmful theology of elevating flawed, failing, imperfect human beings above those they're charged with caring for. They aren't holy men and women. They're ordinary men and women who are as prone to greed, perversion, and sickness as any of us. We need to admit this, and for their sake and for the sake of the children currently growing up in their our faith communities, we need to love our children enough not to place them in harm's way in the name of a God who is often invoked by adults who damage them. So, and and I see this as sort of mirrored in this tribalism Mm -hmm. of the current state of the Republican Party that people have convinced themselves that Trump is something he is not. He is not smart. He does not know what he's doing. I don't even think he likes the job. No. But people... Trump supporters will bend over backwards to justify just about any nonsensical, asinine thing he's done. And again, this is not unique to the Catholic Church, to the Republican Party. Tribalism, in it, it, on the face of it, is going to make people justify any number of ludicrous beliefs. Yeah. And even Pope Francis has yeah. sort of dismissed some of the abuse cases and you know, he's supposed to be the woke pope. <laughs> right. And that is Is that an original phrasing? No, I don't uh, think so. I like, that's that's good. <laughs> but but I mean, that's that's right. how he's been sort of talked about this. Yeah. He again Elevating flawed, failing, imperfect humans. Yep. So even with the woke Pope, who ha- he's way better than Benedict, yep. but that doesn't mean that he's going to be on point all the time. So clearly, there's this this tribalism that I think is. That you know, Pavlovitz calls an idea uh, idolatry mm-hmm. um, and a personality cult. Yeah, yeah, I think that goes kind of part and parcel with like power. We've seen how naked the desire for power and the power grabs have been in this era, and you know, lots of pieces have been written about you know what has happened to evangelicals or. Right. Whatever. Um, even just conservative Christians, if you want to lump it that way, that like, how have they changed what they, you know, 20 years ago, Russia was the Antichrist. And, right. Um, the main concern among politicians was sexual impropriety and right. all that stuff. Um, but they've tasted that power. They're getting those White House dinners. Um, and it's clear that that's, they, you know, whether it's them or people inside the White House who claim they're part of a resistance, like they don't want to lose the power, which I get. And I think that's the thing that the church has to learn um, across denominations and, and pockets of the church is like, 
power is not something that gets talked a lot about in a lot of traditions. And, um, you know, a couple episodes we were talking about what does, what does the church look like in the 21st century? What should it look like? How is it going to be a place where people can want to go to and authentically connect? And I feel like part of that has to be, you know, we're talking about these leaders, whether they're the Pope or the president or the pastor of a non-denominational church or a different kind of church, like, um, the power cannot live within one person or a few people. Like it has to be something that's shared by everybody. And there's this, um, Atlantic piece, uh, last year, I think that, um, people have talked a lot about that, like power causes brain damage. This idea that Hmm. leaders lose their mental capacities for reading people, um, and in other ways that were essential to how they got to where they were, the more cloistered they are, they lose those attributes. And so, yeah, I feel like that's what it comes back to often for me is just like power, the hunger for it, the inability to let people share it and how much we need to share that. So, yeah, that and our just lack of concern for other people for the sake of holding on to that power. Yeah. Because as long as you're good, Mm -hmm. that's, that's the most important thing. Right. You know, if you're, if you got yours, then, you know, and this is why I think so many um, people on the far right are so threatened by this idea of a democratic socialism because they have this idea that they earned and deserve everything that they have and everybody else who doesn't have what they have doesn't deserve it. Right. And this idea of handouts are just unfair Mm -hmm. and it makes it, it's almost like it makes it less special if everybody can have access to the, to what they have, whether it's healthcare or a a fair wage or any, anything else that they like to call entitlements. Right. You know, and it's like, don't you just want people to be be alive, to be okay? (laughs) Yeah. Why is that such a horrible, horrible idea that it's like, no, you, this, this person doesn't want their, their kid to die of cancer. And so you'd rather them be bankrupt because they can't pay their kids medical bills. Because freedom or whatever. I guess from America or whatever. So, yeah. So, so this is a podcast about MXPX. <laughs> this is the MXPX podcast. Yep. And we are going to do one of our trademarked hard turns. Squeak! <laughs> from talking about um, tribalism and sexual abuse to <laughs> talking about... Cover songs. I mean, when you think about it, a tribe <laughs> covering another tribe, you know, it's <laughs> there's a transition in there. So Perfect, <laughs> nailed it. Thank you, thank you. I mean, I don't. We're know. all we're all just covering 
each other, aren't we, Andrew? I think so. (laughs) I think we're all just trying to be, you know, just trying to take on me, man. Yeah, exactly. Just like that's what I always like. You know what, John? You found me. Yeah, I found you, Mm -hmm. and we're we're just gonna move to our suburban homes. Yep. That's yeah. That song stings a little bit these days <laughs> as a 30 something dad who owns a suburban home <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys you want to be stereotyped mm-hmm. all right we will take a break and then when we come back we're going to be going through on the cover one and two or just on the cover and on the cover two since it's not on the cover one, sure. but um, then we'll go track by track and discuss that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're back. <laughs> we're back. Um, and we are just scatting now. Billy bop bop Skilly deep. Skilly beep. Yep. This is we're, we're only doing we're only scatting now from from this point on. It's the purest art. <laughs> I've always said you've always uh, that was that was your that was the runner up for your senior yearbook quote, right? That's right. After the MXPX, <laughs> skilly boop bop, skilly boop bop, scatting is the truest, most purest art form. Yep, John Potter. Yeah. Um. So we're talking on the covers. Yeah, we are. And there, there is a lot to go over Not because. To cover. There's oh <laughs> shit, that was that was good. That really was good. that was. Some might say that was just just right over the plate. <laughs> just some might. That was a lob. Mm-hmm. You were you were there. Mm-hmm. You cranked it out. Um. So these albums came out, I think, thirteen years apart. Because mm-hmm. I think the first one came out in 95, then the second one in 2008. Uh, and the first album was by our boy, Bob Moon. Moon A. Moon A. Moonheads Unite. Where my moonheads at? Where my. <laughs> hashtag Moonheads for Life. Mm. Uh, so, John, do you remember when you snagged a copy of the first on the cover? I was trying to think of this, and I, I think it was after Life in General. I definitely got it used. Sorry, guys. No, um, we. I think we we may have probably talked about talk this. About yeah. Um, but you know, for people who might be jumping in late, sure. We gotta we gotta backtrack a little bit. I mean, I know some people came to MXPX through on the cover, so it's very important for them. Sure. And it was never particularly important for me. Um, no. Me I mean, either. spoiler alert for this whole thing. Like, I have some thoughts on covers that we got into a little bit. I feel like I have very specific cover criteria. Sure. Um, and I'm pretty lukewarm on on the cover, too, as a whole. But we'll get into all that. Um, I think um, 
I mean, I told you the the cover of On the Cover. Yes. In poster form yeah. is my real first <laughs> intro to MXPX. And they, you know, we covered that Mike looks cool as hell. Oh, and, I mean, we uh, need, we, I have that in my notes that we yeah. need to talk about the cover because we talked about this maybe our first episode yeah. where our first introductions to MXPX and how we were like, this dude looks cool AF. Mm-hmm. He's got those burns. He's got the ball chain necklace. He's got the bleach tips. And we both wanted to be yeah. Mike Carrera. Still do. <laughs> Still do. Um, but yeah, his, you know, his, he's got, he's got everything going on on this cover. His hair is pumped as tight as can be. Tight as can be. But the, the pictures, in in the you know these they're they're just they're you know you can tell that they're children they're, they're kids yeah you know uh by the pictures that they that they're taking they're goofs uh, they're goof they're goofy guys um i remember that i got on the cover for christmas hmm. from my grandparents nice um it is nice However, it wasn't the MXPX CD that I requested. Uh oh. I wanted, wanted Life in General, yeah, which came out a little. Well, this at this point, Life later. in General was already out. Right. But when I, but part of me has always wondered: um, Did they not get me the Life in General because the cover, the, the cover art was because my grandparents are quite a bit more conservative. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and I, maybe they're like, oh, they're, this is, you know, this can't possibly be a Christian. Like, and so this, this cover is quite I recognize a, Coop's artwork. <laughs> that yeah. guy's up to no good. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they're very familiar with the work. Big Coop heads. Big, big Coop heads. If they're big Coop heads, they probably would have been all about it then. Yeah, that's and, true. Yeah. Well, big anti-Coop heads. <laughs> I don't know what we're saying anymore. <laughs> Sorry. So you got it for Christmas. Got it for Christmas. Um, so I'm I'm sort of like you in that I'm not typically a big fan of cover albums. It's yeah. not like my like oh sweet i get to hear my favorite band not play their songs right i i i tend to think of cover songs as a live sort yeah, of thing that, i have the same thoughts you know like it'll be it's cool that you know like when they when they when mxpx put out their first um their first at the show, at the show. live album they had you know, the KKK took my baby yeah, away. Oh, man. And it's like, oh, cool. Throw that into a set. Right. Awesome. I but think any song on either of these, if done live, I'd be like, oh, cool. Right on. Yeah. But like when it's on a record for posterity, I'm a little like, huh. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I listened to the first on the cover a lot because yeah. they were my boys. But right. sure. it's not like, you, you know, I it's not like I was like, when are we getting it on the cover too? Yeah, I which apparently people had been asking for a long time. Yeah, I but I don't I don't get it. Yeah, and to this day, their number one Spotify yeah. song 
is from on the cover too. It's the proclaim proclaimers five hundred miles. I guess like, it's more can, than chick magnet. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I mean, if you're at a party or something, somebody throws that on. I guess that's good rock and roll uh, music. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And we'll get to the proclaimers. Yeah, we will get there. Oh, don't worry about that. We will get. We will talk about that. But if you had a gathering and you hear, when I wake up, you're just like, yes. oh shit. Yes. <laughs> if I hear that, <laughs> and I think I've said this on the pod before, that 500 miles is my go-to karaoke jam. Oh, interesting. I you did talk about this. I have a different go-to karaoke jam that we'll talk it, about. I love that song. It is a great song. It's a great song. Yeah. Great song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. I mean, the only other thing I'll say is like, and then the pod's over and then we're done. Um, (laughs) Let's just wrap it up that on the next episode. (laughs) Yep. Uh, that like, yeah, this, this made me question, what do we want out of a cover? Like, and that's what led me to the, well, live, I really enjoy them. They're fun. But what do we want out of a cover when it's on a record? I feel like I want it to be. And I said this in the last up, like pretty different from the original version, kind of a reimagining. Otherwise, I'm a little bit like, what's the point? Yeah. And as much as I, I pretty much universally love the original songs that are on both these records, like especially a lot of the punk songs, but I'm a little bit like, what's the point of a punk band covering a punk song doing sure. it pretty much the same way? So anyway, we'll we'll dive into that a little more as we go along. But yeah. Yeah, and and this is where I I think the first on the cover and the second on the cover kind of yeah. differ quite a bit is that you don't have you know about maybe about half the songs on on the cover too you could justify as saying that um, the majority of them are punk bands. Yeah. Um, so, but, uh, you might, you might say like many MXPX albums, it's too long <laughs> and should have been an EP instead. Like the first on the cover. Yeah. I, this is, this is what I, what I don't understand about the first album on the cover is that it is an EP when they had five additional songs right. that they didn't just put on Let It Happen, but they actually pressed Did them the to vinyl. vinyl. Yeah. And I don't understand why that wasn't put on the CD. Probably because they were like, is it cool to put out a full album of covers? No. <laughs> Let's do it as an EP. I don't and, know. But I, I, it's it's peculiar to me that like i understand that like on a on on some vinyl you might get like a bonus track or something but like uh, fully yeah five whole songs a whole side a whole yeah and plus yeah a side yeah, side plus and and we didn't get that until three years later on let it happen yeah uh, I, yeah. So, and, and it's, it's, I don't know, maybe to your point, maybe it works better as an EP 
mate. But this is the other thing too. Now, when you go to the MXPX discography, it lists it as um, on the cover too as one of their studio LPs. albums. Yeah, which I'll, I'll I, fight that. Which I've never considered no. a cover album no. to be no. a studio album. No, it's just because it's it's not. Right, and I will fight fight somebody. <laughs> Um, but let me just go ahead and correct myself because did I say this came out in 2008? Because it came out in 2009. I did pretty I, close. I did math. <laughs> I did the math wrong because I said it came out in 1995, and I said like oh. I said 13. Well, or four. I'm so bad at math that I didn't didn't even register. I was like, yeah, numbers, numbers. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's I can't do the maths. Um, do you have any? you else you want to say um, about our boy Bob Moon or um... I could talk about Mooney forever but <laughs> we did uh, the only other thing I'll say yeah. and then we're done with the podcast is that we were debating whether we do a top three overall on the sure. cover and on the cover two or per record and I think we decided per yeah. record okay so that's what we're going with okay we'll do that um, that's it all right well, we're going to go through these, and then I think we also may end up covering some of the other mm. MXPX covers that weren't included mm-hmm. on proper albums, but maybe were thrown on some other comps. Um, but let's start with Summer of 69. Mm-hmm. Canada's Brian Adams, the best, <laughs> the best. Let the record show. Let the record show. <laughs> the best. He is of of the Brian <laughs> Ryan Adams. Yeah. Um, you know, Matt. You know, if we're gonna go head to head. Listen, if you wanted to play the Prince of Thieves uh, love song. You know it's true. Everything I do, I do for you on piano. I was your guy in 1995. <laughs> so he holds he a special place in my heart. Wow, I didn't, I didn't know. I can play it for you later. Okay, please do. I got my first real sex ring. Bought it at the five and dime. Played it till my fingers bled. Was it summer of 69? I had to play it up until that point. Yeah, you did. That I think that might have counted for Mike's delivery corner. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> because it's pretty great. Uh, my number one. It's your number one? Yeah. Damn. I told you, Brian Adams. The best. All right. I, I didn't think you were serious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I may not be serious that he's completely the best, but he's a little bit the best. Uh, I think 
our buddy Jason Hockney's Imit said this was his entry point to MXPX. Okay. And he heard the opening chords of this, and he was just like, oh, yes. <laughs> and he hadn't even heard the Brian Adams version. And I, I, can, I can assure you that a majority of the songs on, on, the, on the cover album had not been heard. The originals had not been heard by sure. me. This one, I mean, most people know the song i think sure i don't know sure but yeah so here i want to hear what you think but it's my number one because i feel like this is a good example of it being different enough from the original version that i like can appreciate it as both a tribute and like a really fun version of a, a great song in my opinion. what i what i do like about the i mean i i really do like this song um one of the things i do like that i appreciate that our boy bob moon did was the those opening uh snare hits yeah they have that reverb on yeah, it which good. i think is true to form for a lot of 80s yeah music sure. it's just <laughs> it's um just much like todd glass uh, <laughs> he loves, comed- that reverb. loves the reverb um gotta crank up the reverb on everything <laughs> you and- got a live drummer for this song <laughs> can you imagine how good it would sound <laughs> um yes that would be That'd be amazing to get a live drummer, record it, and then turn the reverb up on it. Ugh, I can't wait for the day we have that party. <laughs> well, well, let's let's tweet at Todd Glass and get him to uh, yes. come do a uh, MXPX specifically Brian Adams themed <laughs> party. Oh, what a great party! What a great party! It'd be perfect. Um, I I do really like this this version i think one of the things that i appreciate about a lot of the on the cover songs is that they they do take they're not bloated they yeah. they make them kind of a succinct song they make it mxpx without you know doing like a it's not like a carbon copy they're not doing note for note yeah on a lot of the on a lot of the songs so we don't crack four minutes on this record <laughs> no we don't with this this whole album i think is is 20. barely 20 minutes yeah. so um that's how you do it yeah get in get out yeah um so we'll move on to uh oh boy the um rivers cuomo hit just kidding it's buddy holly <laughs> All my love, all my kissing, you don't know what you've been missing, oh boy. When you're with me, oh boy, the world can see that you were meant for me. All my life, I've been waiting, tonight there'll be no hesitating, oh boy. When you're with me, oh boy, the world can see that you were meant for me. This is so good. Oh, boy. So we need to, um, I want to get ahead a little bit to the, uh, all my love, all my kissing, you don't know what you've been missing, oh, boy. I love the bass line. Yeah, it's pretty good. But I wanted to call out the, uh, the sax. I think the sax is, there we go. I don't even think that's in the original. No. That's a little sax in there. 
That's good. So, so what? That's that is something that I. To your point about like making something different enough, yeah. That there, the original song I think only had a little bit of a guitar solo, yeah. And so this was reimagined as a sax. They reimagined it as a sax solo, which yeah. um, I really appreciate. And I also like the oh boy yeah, gang vocals fine. because in the original it was sort of like. A tight harmony yeah and so i think this makes it a little bit like yeah make it our own make it a little unique it's i agree um it feels like the pace is pretty much identical to the original which is a little odd um but the, i think yeah. the the key is a little, a little i think it's a little higher yeah but i just yeah i mean there's definitely some buddy holly DNA in punk, um, but I am a little bit like, I wish they would have done something a little, mixing it up a little more, but you're right. You make good points. Um, so th- there are a couple things I want to uh, <laughs> call out that I think were a little, I, I just made this connection recently, and it was because it was only uh, on this, on the cover, the first on the cover, so we have Buddy Holly for Oh Boy, and then the uh, for the full vinyl LP and for Let It Happen, mm-hmm. uh, the Let It Happen or the on the cover sessions they had the O'Donna right. song by Richie Valens, and then later um, on the this record we have. Keith Green. Mm-hmm. All of these people died in yeah, plane crashes. Wow. Good point. And I mean, obviously, famously, Buddy Holly, right. Richie Valens, and Big Bopper, they all yeah. died together. They, the music died. Um, but this is something, I mean, I'm obviously familiar with th- them famously dying many, mm-hmm. many years ago. I didn't know Richie Valens was 17. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. And most of his music was released posthumously. Yeah. Like, he was he was playing for, like, he was active for, like, two years. Wow. And Buddy Holly was 22. That's crazy. You know, this yeah. is, this is, and Keith Green was 28. These wow. people were all super young. Yeah, that's nuts. And it's, and it's all very, very, Keith Green's story is particularly sad. Yeah. Um, and tragic, but... I was like, this is sort of crazy that yeah. on the, that, you know, <laughs> the, the, if he had like decided to do, um, um, another song by what was, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, if he did, right, right. didn't, didn't he die in a, uh, was it a helicopter? He, yeah. He died tragically somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a helicopter crash. Yeah. 35. Man, it's. Wow. Super nuts, but have you have so just looking at Richie Valens? I was like looking at the picture, like this dude looks like he looks 40 at the age of 17, right? I don't know, I did not assume he was that young. No, I don't know how I don't know how that worked, but it's a different time, yeah. Pomps maybe throw off the look a little, 
in some of the pictures you can definitely be like, oh, that's 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 a kid, that's yeah. a child. Jeez. But it's super it's super sad. Um, well, I'm bummed out. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> Guys, I don't know if you knew this, but Richie Valens died. Oh man. But speaking of this is on a, on a um more um relevant and news to the day um i don't know if you saw that mac miller died i did yeah i don't know him super well but he yeah speaking of like he's only 26 yeah it's crazy yeah i i'm i was very shocked Mm -hmm. by that you know know he'd had some earlier uh, stuff this year with drugs yeah yeah it it really it really bums me out, especially when people are um, trying to get better. Yeah, you know, I I I think about people like, um, you know, Harris Whittles. You remember Harris? Yeah, from totally. Uh, you know, just people who are like making the effort, and then right. it just doesn't take. Yeah, it really kind of makes me very sad because you you know you root for people you want people to get better um less less tragic artists on on the cover too yes (laughs) you know and and also um i talked about last time talked about uh stacy d from Mm -hmm. bad cop bad cop and she just made a post today about um three years ago today going into detox to get Mm. off of Xanax and cocaine Mm. and that she's been, you know, doing really well. And, um, it's just one of those things where you're just like on the same day that someone is celebrating like their sobriety and and getting healthy that another musician is losing their battle, you know, just, Mm. just one of those things you don't know what people are going through and that's just kind of one of those constant yep. things that we have to remember um but let's um let's inject a little let's drum machine joy <laughs> into things <laughs> yeah let's go from that to coolest <laughs> guys ever <laughs> Bell of sadness, high.
It's my number one. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's you know you you can't be more different than Joy Electric than yeah. than that. Yeah, and that's to, true. it's you have to go from Joy Electric's Drum Machine Joy. You you have to think about it outside of right. the sort of the bleeps and bloops that Ronnie Martin creates. Yeah. I guess I'm a hypocrite because I'm saying now that I'm not sure that this song works in this style for me. But earlier I said it needs to completely change styles for it to work for me. I don't know. I just... So Joy Electric is kind of this like Christian New Order sort of thing. I wouldn't uh, even... They're not even... Well, not New Order. I, I mean, they're just, more even bleepy and bloopy than that. But yeah, like, I don't even know what you'd call Joy Electric because they're not like New Wave no. or... Or I mean, it's sort of synth poppy, but it's yeah. not even like radio friendly no. synth pop. It's like synth music before that was really a thing. Yeah, um, and that song is so synthy. That whole album is, and this just feels like the guitar doing it. Like, just doesn't pop for me the way that like Joy Electric's stuff does on its own. But maybe I'm asking too much of it. I don't know. I don't know. It's. It's, you know, I, I was so into Joy Electric and I thought like he was so delightfully weird. Like I think of, I think of Joy Electric as being a sort of like a, um, laying the groundwork for artists like Owl City. Yeah. Like painting these sort of like dreamy Mm -hmm. world landscapes talking about, like just these sort of weird like these um dream, like these dream world yeah. uh, like the so he on his he has songs like candy cane carriage um the melody book yeah um let's see very weird buttercup the... fairy jamboree <laughs> the sort of like those you made sorts. that one up i did not <laughs> make that, did not um, make that up Old Castle Madrigal, I remember that you, you know, just those sorts of um, dreamy song titles. Yeah. But then, like, Robot Rock was, mm-hmm. and Christian songs, those were my, those yeah. were my jam. Very weird for the Christian music world. Yeah. They definitely there's, stood there's, out. There's definitely nothing like them at the time. And then when uh, his brother Jason broke off and formed Starflyer 59, that was another important band in the scene um so yeah those guys influential kind of like the altar boys (laughs) yep (laughs) or not i like the altar boys
My number two. My number three. Oh, yes. I was worried that you were not going to be into it. Oh, really? No. After, after is... saying the altar boys, so no, derogatorily. I, no, I didn't mean derogatorily. <laughs> I just, just meant I just meant, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I wonder about, like, like, if they felt, if there was a pressure to include Joy Electric, Joy Electric, Alter Boys, Keith Green. Yeah, very, like, explicitly Christian. Explicitly Christian yeah. artists and songs. You know, I I do, like, I don't know, like, whether, I, I think the Alter Boys were a California yeah. band, so maybe they were more popular or well-known because I'd never heard of them outside of this album. They were always one of those bands that like I knew of them, but I did not know them um, super well. And this was for sure my like entree into their songs. Um, But I, yeah, I really like their stuff. I mean, it's very Ramonesy, but again, like explicitly Christian lyrics. Um, they kind of have that like '80s replacements era sound. Yeah, um, and the the cover of gut level music. Yeah, it's like this. It looks like a maybe like a Strat or mm-hmm. something. Torn up looking image. Yeah, looking super super rock. Definitely early kind of pioneers of Christian punk, even though it's not like kind of what we think of as punk. But yeah, I. This again, I guess I'm a hypocrite because this is this is a punk cover of a punk song, but it works for me. I feel like it's different enough. Um, I still like the original better. Like it has that early '80s rock sound. Oh, um, they look they look so <laughs> they look 80s. real '80s. Yeah, really, really taking 80s. some looks at these guys here. Yeah, um, they got the the one earring that's across. <laughs> this guy looks like he sort of has a flock of seagulls yeah, haircut going on. But uh, but yeah, I really like this version. I feel like it retains what makes the original special, but it feels different too. So. Well, I think the takeaway from this entire episode is going to be that you're a massive hypocrite. That's yeah, always true. <laughs> well, um, now we'll see what your take is on take on me. Dang. get some uh, pick slides Not in my top three. Not in my top three either. Okay. This was this was one of my favorite songs growing up. Uh, this is the one that I, you know, you said you had to go to karaoke jam okay. that we'll get to later. 
this is one that always seems like a good idea. And then you realize <laughs> you can't hit that high. A very enough. small amount of humans can go. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that is a a challenging. It's a challenging note, including for Mike Herrera, who does Which, not fully commit. No, he doesn't. He can't because he doesn't have that range. And props to him for uh, uh, knowing. <laughs> doesn't quite do it for me. I want the ecstasy of the. Yeah, you want you want that. Um, it's like it's like that. Uh, that that Boston song. You want right. you, you know when you when you you want to hear that high note. <laughs> right, just right. yeah, but I yeah. My takeaway: you got to fully fully commit uh, if you want to make this work all the way. Real big fish did it. <laughs> well, <laughs> we can't all be real big fish. <laughs> no, we can't. I did one thing I thought was like, okay, so I love the original take on me. It's a great song, but like it feels very eighties, that synth. Yeah. The nineties version that I remember apart from this is the real big fish one, which has the ska horns in place of the synth line, Mm -hmm. which feels very nineties, but the bass, which Mike replaces the synth with that's timeless. That sounds good. It sounds forever. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm into the song. It's, it's not, I think that there are certain iconic 80s songs that you will be hard pressed to improve upon. Yeah. And part of me wonders if that's even the point of a cover. Yeah. Like no one, I doubt Mike or any of the guys in the band would say that they're trying to one up aha yeah. or anything, but it's just sort of be supposed to be like, hey, this is a cover. We like the song. Right. This is what we're doing. We're not reinventing the wheel yeah. with Take On Me. That's why I was like asking these existential questions about what do we want in a cover? What is a cover? What, what does it, a cover even mean? Man. What are they doing, bro? <laughs> what are they taking on? Yeah. Um, so let's move on to Marie Marie. Marie Marie Playing guitar On the backboard Just hitting my car Why she seems So sad Marie 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 It's so lonely In these far blasts You come with me To the bright lights Downtown Marie Marie I said hey Are you familiar with the blasters at all? Definitely not. <laughs> Me neither. I always actually, I think maybe even until this week, assumed this was like in the era of Buddy Holly. and yeah, yeah, all that stuff. And it is no. definitely not. 70s band, the blasters. Yeah, and this, uh, this, this album came out, or this song came out in 1981. Hmm. So, yeah. And it uh, sounds pretty much exactly like this. Like the pace is the same and stuff. Yeah, in I think I've seen this album I was cover just gonna before. Say, once I saw the cover, I was like, "Oh yeah, I've seen that." But yeah, I know who they it's were. a really weird album cover. It's disturbing. It makes me very it's uncomfortable. A man clenching his face <laughs> in a disturbing yeah, position. Yeah, either he's 
pooping really hard. You're really trying to move move something out or in your second pooping reference this on this is my spot. second pooping reference. I hope there's more. There's the rule of threes, John. Yeah, the rule right. of threes. Yeah, wait. <laughs> um so yeah, I I Mike I got has, nothing to say about this. I got nothing to say about the song <laughs> other than that the baseline Oh yeah, that is cool. Is is it's playful doom 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 yeah. into it. I like it. Um I like this song more. I found it hard to believe someone like you gave for me. You put this love in my heart. I try but could not refuse. You gave me no time to choose. You put this love in my heart. I wanna know where the fabulous go. When I'm depressed and I get down so low, then I say you're coming to me. It's alright. I wanna say right now, I'm not afraid to say how. You put this love in my heart. So good. It's my uh, number two. My number three. Yes. All right. So we overlapped on two out of three. Yeah, we did. And Summer of 69 is certainly a solid jam, but you hate Joy Electric for whatever reason. So. Not, not true. <laughs> um, it's this, this is another example of these songs are so different. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. the exactly. imagining of uh, the Keith, the Keith Green, mm-hmm. the. Elton John, yep. Billy Joel kind of sound of the song yep. uh, compared to this. Just yeah, I think it's a perfect example of really changing the style and working. I I love the original song. This might be my favorite of the originals on this album even, maybe. I don't know, maybe not. Maybe that's too much. But this was one that I definitely found through the record. I knew Keith Green growing up from like the CCM songs sure. from church and stuff. As I mentioned in, I think, the first episode, I went to an Episcopal church, but it was very, like, ex-hippie Jesus <laughs> movement folks leading yeah. worship. And so there was plenty of Keith Green. But I did not know the earlier stuff, like the album that this is on, which is great. And, um, yeah, I like I like the song a lot. I like the cover a lot because it feels different. But, um, yeah, it's like a perfect, like, this is a great song. The melody is great. Let's do a punk version of it. Yeah. For me. Yeah. I I can't disagree with any of that. It's a perfect it's a perfect reimagined punk song because the Keith Green version of it is maybe almost three times as long. Yeah. Um but he has a lot of like parts in his songs and yeah. they, all, they sound kinda of like rock operas. Yeah. But it's it is a it's a joint. Word. Word. Um, and inexplicably, a, <laughs> yes. a cootie song.
it's fine. <laughs> I don't even know if this song is good enough to be on the Cooties Let's Play House album. Well, it's not on it, right? No. So, but I'm just saying, like, why is covering it's very a, strange a band that you're in and not putting Richie Valens or Social D? Yeah. Like, I don't understand, like, why this. I do want to know more about this. I've tried to find this out in the past, and I couldn't. So somebody knows something. But like that you was mean like Bob Moon. Uh Mooney. Let's Mooney. get him on. Let's get him on the pod. All the secrets. But yeah, I don't. Um, <laughs> he. Uh, he. What am I saying? Cooties. I don't know. I was thrown off by secrets. Wasn't that a Conan <laughs> joke? Was. Yeah. Um, no, Bob I don't. Moon. <laughs> secrets. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, this is before the Cooties record came out, so it's curious that they were, like, right. even... I guess they were like, hey, we've got this other band. It ha- We haven't done a record yet. Let's do one of those songs. But it is... It's odd, and I don't dislike it, but it's, like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it okay. I just think... Um, I don't think it, it could have should have taken precedence over any of the other actual covers yeah. if you're in the band i don't think it's a co- <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah. maybe this is maybe this gets back to my issue with i'm okay you're okay is i'm like that's just a cover <laughs> right is it yeah i mean well okay that's i mean this is this what makes i guess it's only um the you know giles being you know on as part of the songwriting is what makes it a cover i guess, I guess. giles but, from bad religion right <laughs> just kidding <laughs> i feel like you can really hear the bad religion sound on the song <laughs> <laughs> yeah those you you know you this this that's a classic that is classic brian baker classic stephen edgerton <laughs> bad religion sound right there <laughs> Steve Steve Edgerton, you know he's really he really put bad religion on the map. I'm bummed that I did that because I sincerely love everything that Stephen Edgerton has done with this band. So uh, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> um, okay, so let's 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 move on to on the cover too. But before we uh, get between the covers, ah. let's it's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is. This is where uh, between the covers is, is us talking about our MXPX fanfic that we write. <laughs> um, oh, somebody out there has to have written some solid Yuri solid. <laughs> short stories. <laughs> I want. Please send us your MXPX fanfic. Oh my god! If somebody has it, please send it. The Jen Jen Mandigo has to have written some. It's back in the day. Back in the Come day. On, Jen, Come it. on, Jen. Hook us up with your MXPX fanfic. <laughs> Um, so this is an example of layout done well. So for those of you who haven't, um, you don't have the, on the cover two booklet, it's the band dressing up as the different bands they're covering. It's wonderful. And it's wonderful. It's a brilliant idea. It's really tongue in cheek and silly and it's, it makes you love the band even more. Um, but they don't try and fit any um, nonsense into the the 
booklet other than the pictures. They have all of the other uh, credits and stuff on the back page. That's all. That's all you need. So I I think them dressing up as as the Ramones and as Poison and um, Go Go's the Go Go's. It's it's pretty. It's, I, I think the the double Yuri proclaimers. The, du- the double Yuri wins. proclaimers is like my favorite. It's pretty great. It's so amazing. <laughs> I love it. Um, so. Do you so this was this album um uh, was not done by Bob Moon. No. It this is um self produced, right? Well it was done at it was produced and engineered um at by the band at at Monkey Trench. Uh, there was some additional mixing done by our one and only favorite Stefan Edgerton, whose yes. name we will never forget. <laughs> no, nope. uh, he did. He did a, a chunk of the mixing, as did J.R. McNeely, Casey Bates. But this was produced and engineered by the band and mm. recorded at Monkey Trench and the Clubhouse. All right. Um, but I, I, I do think this album sounds great. Yeah. I think it, um, sounds really polished and I think it is a significant step up in terms of, you know, there, there wasn't a whole lot of, um, variation, Mm -hmm. but this one has has a very ambitious feel to it. Yeah. And especially when you're covering some of the most iconic punk and rock yeah. songs and vocalists. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Bono and um, Joey Ramone mm-hmm. and, you know, um, The Clash. Joe Strummer. Yeah. Joe, you know, yeah, uh, Joe Strummer. And and um, um, Freddie Mercury, Freddie Mercury from yeah. Queen. You know those are those are not easy um, people to just be like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna do a Freddie Mercury. I'm just gonna do a Queen song. Let me just let yeah. me just throw throw out some of these real quick. And as we were just discussing, you know, Mike couldn't t- you know do the take on me to its. He couldn't do it to completion, if you will. <laughs> if you can. Um, if you can fully take on me. <laughs> but, so I, I do think, what is different, though, about this is that knowing their limitations, they bring in other artists to A lot of other artists. Assist. Most of whom I've never heard of. <laughs> um, well, you, you haven't heard of... Um, I mean, you know, flogging Molly. Sure. Um, but you know, um, and Reliant K and yeah, maybe, maybe not like, I haven't heard of them, but a little bit like, huh. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's an interesting, I have not heard of Craig Owens of Chiodos. Oh, Chiodos. (laughs) Yeah. That one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Who plays on Fallen Angel or sings on Fallen Angel. Right. Um, but you um, have, so we're good. Yeah. <laughs> I've not heard of Rocket Summer. No? Okay. Uh, 
I feel like I've heard the name Tsunami yeah. Bomb, yeah. but anyway, we'll get into all that. Yeah, so we'll um, start with Punk Rock Girl, the Dead Milkman song. Mm-hmm. This is, well, we'll start with the song, then we'll, then we'll get to the... Uh, sweet, sweet takes. Sweet, sweet takes. original is a great song <laughs> i don't dislike this but again this feels like a punk cover of punk song i don't know it feels pretty much like the same just not quite as good <laughs> too harsh well yeah i mean the vocals of you know dead milkmen yeah they're very specific very unique recognizable and i do i do like the addition of the accordion yeah that's cool um instead of a guitar solo mm-hmm. very much like um oh boy and the sax solo mm-hmm. that's true um but it, it it is to your point like um uh is it is it i don't know it's i i still like it quite a bit yeah me too but it's a good song um this might it's it's my number one. Oh, really sorry <laughs> no i mean i it's just i really like it it's i do too i mean it's it's, it's just that again i feel conflicted kind of like to your point about are they really doing anything different and yeah and no but it I don't know. It's the the Dead Milkman cover. It's it's great. I love MXPX I mean, covering Dead Milkman. No, but I, I guess what I, I mean oh. I mean the Dead Milkman song. Um, I don't know. I'm now I'm like questioning whether or <laughs> Sorry, not. Yeah. Here, like, I think I feel like covers are like very subjective because yeah. it's a great song. It's a great cover. It's just like I guess it doesn't do that much for me because I know the original and i'm like i just like the original <laughs> yeah so maybe that's not a good enough criteria because there are other songs in both of my top threes that are just like well not on my there's in the top three on part two that like are a punk song whatever i'll get there <laughs> but number one is yeah. like a punk song too yeah so i don't know what my i haven't fully developed my hermeneutic <laughs> around <laughs> no i don't think either of us know <laughs> We, we I don't think Can't we have a, a, the, a thesis about yeah. what justifies making something a cover or not. Um, because if the criteria is you can't cover a band within your own genre. Yeah, no. I know. think for punk, too, it feels unique because, like, there are so many punk covers 
of other songs that are just like sped up versions. Right. So I guess I tend to think about punk covers as being like you would cover a more traditional song rather than just like a punk band covering another punk band song. But sure. Anyway, um, it's good though. I, it's great. I wanted to find that, uh, that, I was very into Flogging Molly for a little while there. Um, yeah, I I love Irish trad music mm-hmm. and um, Irish punk. It's sort of it's very much in my in my blood. Yeah. Which maybe that's part of an underlying sure. thing that I didn't even recognize. Maybe that's another you were thing. born to it. Yes, I. Um, a funny story about that is that I was wearing a Flogging Molly hat at Bethel College. Uh, this is back, I think I was still in high school. And um, I was at like a Vespers like worship service thing. And this girl came up to me and she was like, oh, do you like, you like Flogging Molly? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, my cousin is the accordion player. Oh, <laughs> so wow. I met Matt Hensley's cousin at Bethel College. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So bringing that's, that's Bethel, bringing people together. <laughs> that's right. Anyway. Anyway. Awesome. <laughs> um, Good story. Let's follow that mm, with no. I Will Follow. All right. I, yeah, I cannot not be into it. Like, they're one of my favorite bands. We already talked about how Don't Walk Away is basically a U2 song. Right. So MXPX has come up against this territory in the past. But for them to fully do it, and then, like, again, I feel like it's different enough. It brings some of those punk elements that are always there to the forefront i just yeah i'm i'm super into it i also really like the um because in the original u2 song the bridge is just sort of like slowed down Mm -hmm. and mxpx does just heavy so good it's so cool to hear mike 
do this. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a... Um, that is a creative take. Yeah. Because you, you're like, it's not just speeding something up. It's like you're reimagining a whole section yeah. that's like slow and you know the opposite of yeah yeah i um it kind of reminds me of why i love far away so much where there's that like middle section where he just kind of like right does a different thing than normal and just to hear mike do screaming some, yeah vocal stuff that you don't get to hear is always yeah really cool so i like it i like it um and moving on to the song that made me realize that we fucked up. I want to be Milo and Stefan. I want to be Carl and Bill. I want to be stereotyped. I want to be classified. I want to be Carl. I want to This is almost like a one-to-one. It is. Which, again, like, the original's a great song. It is. We've covered our love of the Descendants before. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't feel different enough to me to not just want to listen to the original. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And it's... it's I do like that he has um, his take on the opening line. Yeah. I didn't even think, I mean, I knew Milo, but I wasn't connecting the dots. And so, yeah. <sighs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's a competent cover. Yeah, for sure. And I think this would be a perfect choice to play live. Oh, yeah. If they started like getting into the intro there, like, yeah. you'd be like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Yeah. But again, it's not a, it's not different enough for me. Yeah. We're going to be picked apart on this episode. People are going to be like, you guys are all over the place. You're so inconsistent with your, with your. Listen, we're on a journey here, yeah. folks. We're just feeling our way through things. Yeah. And it's a, a journey that will take us 500 yes. miles. I knew you'd do it. And then another 500 miles. When I wake up. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who wakes up next to you. And when I go out, yeah, you know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you. And if I get drunk, yeah, you know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who's getting drunk with you. And if I hate her, yeah, you know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who's hating to you. on your list no it's no. not on my list oh are you mad about it i am mad about <laughs> okay, it okay i want to hear it i'm i'm not actually mad about it <laughs> okay um the proclaimers 500 miles is the perfect pop song it is a great pop song. i it, had the kiss single 
<laughs> when I was it's, a kid. Of course, it's it's amazing. Yeah. There's nothing about this song, about the Proclaimer song, that's not perfect. Every <laughs> Everything sounds amazing. The drums sound amazing. The reverb on the opening guitar sounds. And I also take issue with... When I wake up... It starts with the vocal line. Yeah, no. You know, that, it's it, like the the opening. Like when you heard gets, that, you were like, it oh, gets you excited. Man, I'm in for a great few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> when you were growing up. Yeah. And, and, and another thing that like the harmonies and the, uh, their Scottish accents, the Proclaimer Scots <laughs> accent, it's, it's, beautiful and the melody of their of their of their yeah. singing together and the the harmonies and the playfulness of the of the up and down mm-hmm. um, vocal lines of the chorus are completely thrown away yeah. by the monotony of I would walk right. 500 miles and I would walk five yeah. it's like it's it's all gone punk version i guess but but i do like it when it goes into double time like that feels like yeah they're doing something here but it's i agree i do also like sorry no finish i was just gonna say weirdly transitions into surrender by cheap trick toward the end which is it does i like that song too but i probably could use it as its own song i don't really get the unifying thread there but whatever (laughs) i don't i don't under i don't understand either um, it's kind of neat. Yeah, it's cool. You're like, oh, okay, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I I do think doing one or the other. Yeah. Because it's not like maybe they just like, oh, this you know, surrender by cheap trick also has the whatever. same key. Yeah. Again, live that would be like, oh shit, like yeah, it's mash Yeah. <laughs> but as I said, the Proclaimer song is perfect yeah. and need not be improved upon. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to it tomorrow in the Do shower, you, like we were saying. You should. And here's, um, and I, in researching this song, I discovered some other people who, ah. who've covered this song. Followed the ill-advised path. <laughs> it's, no, I, so do you know who, we brought this person up. Let's see if you can guess who it okay. is because I, we brought this person up. Maybe it's in the in the last episode or two. Okay. And I had said, "Has anybody brought this person up ever in mm. the past twenty years?" Fascinating. Oh, I thought we were going to hear it or something. No, and I'm not going to play it. <laughs> oh no, I, I have no idea. Uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman oh, covered this. That's unexpected. As did Sleeping at Last. Do you rem- did you remember huh. that Sleeping oh, at Last I do did that? that? He did that. Yeah. it was for like a commercial or a TV show or something. Yeah, I don't like remember that. who what it was for, but it's um, it's it, it, Ryan's voice yeah. is beautiful. Anything he covers is like that's fine. It's a complete like reimagining but he's also his he's he's just beautiful everything he does he makes it sound beautiful and pretty Mm -hmm. um but stephen curtis chapman you know he of course he takes out the and if you know when i get drunk that's that's not in the stephen (laughs) curtis chapman version Uh, that was a a line that i was like wow tooth and nail let them keep that in okay yeah 
Um, and also havering. Uh, do you know what it means to haver? Only because I Googled it this week. Yeah. We do a lot of havering on this we, show. <laughs> we do quite a bit. And I'm havering to you. Uh, yeah. It means just chattering and kind of babbling, talking shit, yeah. talking foolishly. Like, that was something does. that I've always wondered, actually. And then just this week when I was listening to it, I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Haver. Does Stephen Curtis Chapman go into "Mommy's all right, Daddy's all right"? Because that would be dope. Yeah, he he does a cover of the MXPX cover of the Proclaimers. Perfect. Oh man, that's great. Yeah, you know, I've we've never we've never played any other artists. Yeah, that's true. Why would we start now? Yeah, know. on the show. I'm not I was gonna, just waiting for like Stephen's dulcet tones. This is not the first time we've talked about him. You're right. No, it's not. But I just. In in scrolling down, like who's who's covered? I'm you know the five hundred miles, and a lot of them are not artists that I've heard of. But then I was like, oh, SCC, <laughs> SCC, uh, covering covering that jam. Hmm. But yeah, I I just can't get enough of I can't get enough of the song. Yeah. So. It's a good one. It's. I wish the rest of the songs were as good. <laughs> I need to do a, a, perhaps a deeper dive, but yeah. I remember like any other song, I was like, yeah, we'll do. That'll be on our our Proclaimers podcast. Oh, the Podclaimers. The Podclaimers. <laughs> I <laughs> look course, forward to it. Of course, there's no other. There's no other name. <laughs> <laughs> no. I wonder what those guys are up to. I'll do they, some googling. They just the released an album. What? Okay. And I think they're currently touring. Wow. Are they going to play Dirty Nellies up the street from me? <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're, they, uh, they're older, they're older dudes still look exactly like because twinsies. (laughs) I, I also like, it makes me wonder too, like, do they, have they needed to like stick with the alternating glasses styles? Uh Like, um, but yeah, they just dropped an album like a month ago. Angry Cyclist. Yeah. Huh. So for, uh. For those people who want to scratch that proclaimer's itch, I do. You got that and got that new got that new jam. They're touring the UK, but they are not touring the US, as far as I can tell. Bastards. I, yeah, we're gonna go to the next proclaimer show. <laughs> I mean, I would I would lose my shit to be able to see them <laughs> play that song live. Oh man, that would be great. That'd be amazing. Um, enough havering. Enough enough havering. You know, while they're. While they're touring the UK, maybe they will go to Bitburg.
Um, this song is uh, My Brain is Hanging Upside Down, Bonzi Goes to Bitburg, also known as True Believers by The Bouncing Souls. Huh. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> think about that. It's, you've, you haven't noticed the... Uh, that makes sense. It's like the exact same yeah, song. I, and I remember reading some article about how they acknowledged they're like that yeah. the bouncing souls were like, yeah, it's pretty much <laughs> it's pretty much sure. My brain is hanging upside down. I mean, probably a lot of bands could say that about a lot of Ramon songs. Um, this is my number one. Okay. I love it so much. And I feel like this is one of those for me where it's like I guess kind of like the U2 one, like it's one of my favorite bands and I love the song so much that yeah. like their version of it is just like, makes it even better for me or something. <laughs> like it doesn't, it doesn't make me want to just go listen to the original because I feel like it's different enough in its own right for it to be good. Um, I don't like it as much as the original, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is one of those, this is one of those songs where you're like, you're taking on punk rock yeah. legends yeah. and better do it right. You better do it right. And I, I love Joey. I just love Joey Ramone's inflection. Yeah. You got, big good. you know, yeah. it's just, it's just so his voice is so great. Yeah. But it, I don't know because we're also inconsistent I about know, punk rock girl because yeah i don't know man for some reason this feels like maybe it's like that well no that's not right either <laughs> i was gonna say maybe it's like when they take on epic songs but there's some epic songs later that i don't feel quite the same way about but like something about mxpx doing a really big iconic song but kind of doing their spin on it feels good to me whereas if it's just like a kind of punk version of a punk song i don't know like this song for the ramones is pretty different for them like it feels it's definitely different in terms of like they don't get that explicitly political that often and like the feel is more kind of epic for them so i feel like when mxpx gets into that territory or the u2 territory it kind of goes to like new interesting levels that mxpx doesn't go too often or something i don't know right. i just i like hearing his voice do the things that joey ramon and bono does it sounds really cool yeah this isn't a good <laughs> argument it's just basically <laughs> like i like it um but i do i in listening to this song i do even though it's about reagan um i can't help but Ugh. think of if there's one thing that makes me sick, it's when someone tries to hide behind politics. Totally. I wish that time could go by fast. Somehow they managed to make it last. Yeah. I just I yeah. I can't I can't help but think about and relish in future me celebrating <laughs> Trump so. no longer being in office. I hope so. God, it's going to be the best. I, I'm just going to be drunk for like a month <laughs> do celebrating. You, do you still have your Facebook standing invite for I do. a party? <laughs> yeah, I have a Facebook standing invite that I keep. It's Well, it's my Trump impeachment party because <laughs> it's just, it's, it's something's going to happen. I don't know when, but... Uh, I have my yeah. standing party just for just letting people know when it goes down. <laughs> I think just... I like TB, like 
answered it when we were coming up close on the date and I was like, I don't know if I can make it. And you're like, it's not happening <laughs> until it really happens. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. So yeah, it's, I think, I think I need to push it out even more because I think it's coming up <laughs> it's on November. Um, yeah. but God. Yep. From Bonzo to. From, yeah. <laughs> Remember when we were like, the president used to be in movies with a monkey. It can't get any more embarrassing <laughs> than this. Anyway. Wah, wah. Yep. yep. Um, oh, for a monkey starring president now. <laughs> Let's go to the go goes. Um, it's fine. It's fine. I I think I. It's a little high for yeah, Mike. It's, yeah. When it started off, I know. I kind of gave you a look. Just I'm like, like uh, just starting doesn't... off a little bit, maybe an octave too high. Yeah. Um, this is the stretch of uh, female vocal-driven songs that I don't know that totally work. <laughs> well, this is this is the I'll, I will give it. I will give it to Mike and the band that there are three female-fronted artists that they include sure. on this record that they had none of on sure. the first record, and we're in that stretch of it right now. I could have named some better ones for them if they wanted. <laughs> sure. Okay. But I was Who'd... never a huge Go-Go's fan. I don't know. They're no, not... it's... It's a fine song. I, I prefer the the next two songs oh, interesting. more than the vacation. I I like the um the having Emily Whitehurst sure. of Tsunami Bomb be the the main Yeah. Because it it sells the song yeah. a lot more. So if you have nothing else to say about the go go's. No. Place on earth. When the night falls down, I wait for you and you come around and the world's a 
I think their voices work really well together. Yeah, it's cool. It feels... See, for me, this is getting into the kind of like the winky, kitschy MXPX that we've talked about in the past. Like, I don't know. I, a cynical person might say <laughs> they're with Tooth and Nail again for this record. Okay. Last one. People love covers, especially 80s covers, which there's a lot of on this one. Is it a cash grab? Kind of like the Deluxe Let It Happen is arguably a cash grab. Like, it just feels a little bit like, I don't know, like it's, you would expect a cover of this song, whereas you wouldn't for some of the other ones. I don't know. What, say more good things about it. <laughs> I mean, this is an example of... I think I said before, the band kind of knowing their limitations and wanting to, like, they knew they wouldn't, you know, okay, so maybe they wouldn't be able to sell Heaven is a Place on Earth by themselves. So they're like, oh, let's get somebody in here. But then it makes me think, well, should they just cover songs that they know they can do themselves yeah i think the idea of like featuring different voices is a little weird to me i don't know is it huh not weird but like when suddenly a different vocalist is like the center of it 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 feels more it just like adds to the kind of like we're doing a fun (laughs) cover everybody loves now (laughs) like an 80s cover band or something i don't know i'm i don't know (laughs) It's the second Belinda Carlisle song in a row. That's that's notable. Uh, I I suppose. Post yeah. Go-Go's. Yeah. Um. They're they're loving Belinda, I guess. Everybody did in the eighties. Yep. And I don't know. You you weren't you weren't into the Go Go's. They were kind of before our. Time. Yeah, they were kind of right on the... I mean, they started out in the punk scene, um, and their sound kind of moved in a different direction, but, um, yeah, it just... Uh, it's more of a more of a Bengals fan, I think. Oh, oh <laughs> interesting. <laughs> well, I don't know if the uh, the Go-Go's are, are currently together, so I don't know if oh. um, the Bengals see if they're... Oh, the Bengals are still playing, bro. I mean, if they haven't done a tour together... That's clearly the move. They're, they're missing. All right. Well, maybe they can do a co-headlining. That, I feel like that must have happened at some point. So you you're more of a um, you're know. more of a walk like an Egyptian <laughs> than heaven is a place on earth or a vacation I don't fan. Know. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Neither one of them were <laughs> especially seminal for me, but. Um, well, I think for a lot of people, the Go-Go's were very seminal for them That's true. in the 80s. Yeah, and the, the Go-Go's probably have more punk cred I'm, than the Bengals do. I'm making oh. sexual... I think... Oh, wait, say it again. <laughs> seminal. I was thinking in the 80s, they were... I see. See what very I did there? good. Very <laughs> All right. Um, so, Get while... punchy. While I'm... Yes, it's getting kind of late, and we still have some songs to do um so kim wilde looking at a dirty old window down below the cars in the city go rushing by i sit here alone and wonder why 
I don't know. I kind of, I prefer the original. Yeah. Because I, I like that the synth the. Yeah. I feel like her voice is so, like, you expect to hear that after those opening chords, and then hearing yeah. our mics is jarring. I don't know. Not not different enough for me. Yeah. It's um. It's all right. It's good. It's not the. That's not the the strongest, but you know something that i've I've sort of surprised myself was how much I like this song. I got good news for you coming. so good you know i i this is this was definitely in the running for my my number three how many wait what what are yours Uh, i only had two okay so far um but and what were they um punk rock girl and my brain is hanging upside down oh yeah right um but it's it's great it's uh the it's a bummer of a song. I haven't even paid attention to the lyrics. You don't know the lyrics. It's essentially like this girl, um, you know, moving moving to the big city, and and she's making terrible choices. Oh, she's moving to Hollywood, and she's getting sucked into the yeah. the bad scene. It sounds like a poison song. <laughs> I mean, as we've discussed, I have a soft spot for hair metal. See yeah. our future uh, Def Lep Pod. <laughs> Yeah, I was um, thinking about you when I was listening to this. I was wondering, like, oh, is this? Do you think he little you know? mulleted Johnny singing <laughs> along? I actually didn't. I mean, I knew Poison, but I wasn't. I didn't know them super well, and I did not know this song at all until this record. And I'm pretty sure this is 
the one I can say with confidence that I like better than the original. <laughs> they, they improved upon it. I love this. It's such a different version of a fun song. I love those harmonies that yeah. my my new dude, Craig Owens of Kyoto's, throws down. And yeah. our old dude, Stefan Edgerton, not of bad religion, but in fact of the Descendants, throwing down some solos. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the yeah, song it's, rules. And it's also the, um, it's an abbreviated solo because yeah, the okay. the poison solo is quite a bit longer. Cut it down. And cuts it down. Gotta go makes Kravak it, on that. Gotta, yeah. They they cravacked that solo. Cravack it, bro. Cravack it, bro. Yeah, it's like yo, he's like, yo, Steph, you gotta cravack that solo, bro. With you, dude. He's <laughs> like, I got you, bro. Let me I just assume that's how he talks. <laughs> it's the opposite of how he talks. I got you, dude. Got you. I got your solo right here. Classic stuff. Classic, classic Stefan. You, you know, you, it makes me think like um, they're like, let's let's write a hair metal song, and they just have a bunch of topics. It's like, <laughs> all right, let's see, fish around. It's like, okay, the song's about a big city. Sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, fish yeah. around, grab another one. It's small town girl. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay, last one, and it's like rolling the dice. All right, here we go. We got this. We yeah, got this going exactly. down. You know, rolling the dice of her life. It's it's That's, such a it's such a depressing Yeah. But, you know, it's such a good song. It is really good. I'm uh, into it. I'm into it. If they played this live I would I would lose it. Yeah. You get you have, you have Craig Owens and Stephen Edgerton walk walk out on stage <laughs> oh, and you're man. like That'd be great. Do it at the Chicago show. Yep. Um and now we have a very first uh, in the MXPX discography. Big Tommy. Woo! Yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. Darling, you got to let me know. Woo! Should I stay or should I go? If you say that you are mine, I'll be here till the end of time. Well, come on and let me know Should I stay or should I go? It's always tease, tease, tease You're happy when I'm on my knees One day it's fine, the next it's black So if you want me off your back Well, come on and let me know Should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go now? If I go, there will be trouble. And if I stay, it will be double. Well, come on and let me know. This indecision's bugging me. If you don't want me, set me free. Listen, I love Tom. Yeah. But my dude should not be a lead singer. <laughs> that's, that's all I'll say. I I love Tom. I'm glad that he had. If if there's any place sure. to showcase Tom singing, it's definitely on a cover album. Yes. Um, but it's he 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 by no means does he have a bad voice because no. he carries the harmonies and has been carrying the harmonies for you know over 
23 years for the band. Um, But his delivery on this song is just so underwhelming. Yeah. He it's he he's not he's not selling it. No, you know we said there's some regrettable. It's always tease tease tease. <laughs> yeah. The Yelp imitations. <laughs> yeah, do not feel all right. All right. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like he wasn't like again. You just gotta fully commit. Just go for it. Yeah, and maybe just, he did. But yeah, commit. Make yourself. I mean, the thing with the the Clash songs is that it sounds. Very insane loose. yeah 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 it sound it does sound loose it sounds very like wow right he's just doing his thing. he's just just going nuts you know you if, <laughs> so sound crazy yeah yeah and again like one of my favorite bands just not different enough it's like the exact same it um, this to me sounds like the like hey guys so we're about to start practice you just you want to warm up a little yeah, with totally. a little should i stay or should i go yeah it's a warm-up song. <laughs> right. Even if they did it live, you'd be like, okay, like, yeah. we could find a more inspired I would much place. rather hear Fallen Angel live. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Please. <laughs> or, or, you know, Linda like... Linda Linda? I would love to hear some Linda Linda. Yep. <laughs> Props to Mike. <laughs> this is committing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the Blue Hearts were a um, Japanese punk band in the 80s. and Did you know about them at all? No, I didn't. I had never heard of them. I've never heard of them either. And they're great. Yeah, this album came out in 1987. And it's awesome. And the guys, at least the lead singer, has gone on to do another band after this and then another band after that. So the blue hearts broke up. Um, they started another band. Um, and then after that one broke up. So the, the guy, this guy is still, they started the high lows and then the okay. crow magnons. Oh, right. Um, okay. and so, but this lead singer is still active. Uh, but this is what I'm talking about. So this is my number three. Yeah, this is um, great. And, I have I've talked about this before. I have a soft spot. You have a soft spot for hair metal. I have a soft spot for um, Japanese pop punk. Oh, man, it, hot shot. You got to listen to I, it. I did. Okay. I think I think I you you You're sent like, that to me, <laughs> and I was listening to them again today. I think because, um, and there was there's but um, high standard is another. Hmm. There. Uh, 
they're very much like when you think of like the 90s 90s punk um that we're familiar with mm-hmm. um this high standard falls in that but like i've also mentioned ella garden before oh, yeah right they're like very much blink 182 right. influenced and um so but yeah this is such a great song i think it's really awesome and probably was really rad for a lot of their Japanese fans yeah. to hear this and be like, "Oh, dude, that's so cool!" And yeah. he like learned Japanese for some of the song, yeah, and cool. like committed to it. You know, yeah, totally. <coughs> yeah, I I didn't know this at all. I love the original. Really like the Blue Hearts now. So I'm grateful to on the cover for Fallen Angel <laughs> and for the Blue Hearts, <laughs> and on the cover one for uh, Keith Green song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like it because it's my first exposure to it, but I still like the original more. <laughs> the original has zero English. Right. But Mike incorporates. Except for Linda Linda. Well, sure. <laughs> I guess if, it's not English. Right? I guess if I don't, as much as a name is <laughs> yeah. English, I don't know what a Linda would be. And maybe it's Linda. Maybe it's just Linda. Um, Before. So we'll, this the next song will be is the official last track right. of the album, but we do have a bonus track that um, that was not released on the album. But it was mm-hmm. a, a separate, like I think it was just a download only mm-hmm. um, iTunes song. But um, this is somebody to love by Queen. With uh, featuring Ethan Luck of Reliant K and Bruce uh, Bryce rather Avery of the Rocket Summer. So as I said at the beginning of this um, album discussion is that this record is quite a bit more ambitious Hmm. and this is an example of ambitious because um, this is not an easy song uh, vocally. Freddie Mercury is one of rock's greatest um, rock vocalists and lead singers in terms of his, not just his, uh, his range, but his stage presence and performance. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, but Mike doesn't 
go there. He never goes there on the song. Yeah. Like, um, so that, that's always sort of like one of those moments where you're just like, is he, yeah. Is he gonna, nope. It's, I mean, taking on Queen, that's, uh, that's a task. It is a task. I think it's a little too much for them, <laughs> frankly. Well, they, and they have the, they do the, you know, in this song, they, Queen really layers <laughs> yeah. vocal on vocal on vocal on vocal to give it this choir feel, mm-hmm. this really soulful, gospel-y feel. Um, which they try and replicate here. I mean, Queen's big thing was like big production, right? Um, but I don't know that I like the big production sound from XPX, as we've discussed. Yeah, you know, with like Secret Weapon and for everything, like sometimes I feel like when they're layering it on too much, it doesn't. It's not a good fit. I don't know. Yeah, what well, was the song produced by Aaron Sprinkle? Yeah, man. <laughs> Aaron just burn getting, notice. Yeah, <laughs> just taking. Just no body reason. blow after body blow. I feel like every time we say something like this, I'm like, I love poking at you. We love you, Aaron. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's almost just sort of become, we just have to stick to it. Yeah. It's like we're, we've fine. committed, we've committed to shitting all over it. <laughs> um, so, John, what would you say, before we get to Major Tom, um, what would you say is between these two records if you had a, a preference? The first one. First one? Yeah, I'd say the same. Huh. Yeah, I hmm. I think you're right that they were going for some more unexpected choices on the first one, maybe. Like, if you look at, I mean, they just feel... I don't know. I maybe uh, this whole episode. I'm just a total hypocrite because I was gonna yeah, say we are we are all over the place. Because <laughs> I was gonna say my top three for the first on the cover doesn't have any punk songs on it. But nope, you found me number two. It's pretty much a punk song. Um, so I don't know. I just I don't. Yeah, something about the. It feels a little... It, it edges over into kitschiness for me a little too often or something. What yeah. would you say you're, you're agreeing with yeah, me? Yeah, I, I do think that they're... Um, I do think that on the cover, too, they should have stuck with EP. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I, do, I do think there are a handful of songs that for were just sure. not really not really necessary i think they could have lost should i stay or should i go um they could have lost you know one one of the belinda carlisle songs (laughs) yeah um 
but yeah, uh, and 500 miles is is perfect and doesn't need to be touched by anyone ever again. Leave <laughs> yeah. it alone. The Proclaimers <laughs> nailed it the first time. Yeah, I yeah. There are some really great great ones on this though. So. Yeah, I there again great songs on here. Just um, the MXPX did made it a little too long. Yep. Um, classic. Classic. You know they, which they did. You know was one of my critiques, I guess, of on the uh, the first on the cover. It's like, oh, they didn't include five songs, but maybe I would have felt different. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know anything this episode. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, it's a weird territory. I'm curious is, what people is, think. Yeah, like, I don't know. Some people really like wanted the first on the cover, right. um, which we both like. We both prefer it. Yeah. Um, I'm interested because I came to this on the cover later. This was not something yeah. one that I I heard when it came out in 2009. Yes. Um, so yeah, you know this is this was after Secret Weapon, yep. and that's was the last album that I kind of you know, was listening to before I kind of fell off for a bit. Right. So. Yeah. I know we've had some folks say that this is among their like favorites on the cover too. Wow. Or maybe just one dude in particular. <laughs> uh, I was looking it up cause I wanted to find his name. He writes very long, thoughtful comments. Oh, Riker. Didn't he say that this is was like it? one of his yeah. favorites? We can, uh, and I'll, you know, got to give a shout out to our boy Riker because very thoughtful. He he gives thoughtful comments on absolutely everything, and I I greatly well we both greatly appreciate just coming in being like yeah let's uh, let's let's give let's give those long thoughtful takes. So yeah, it's awesome that you know people engage that much with um with the music and wanna totally so i may have made that up but <laughs> i feel like somebody said on the cover two is like one of their kind of it was a younger person than us like one of their entry points into mxpx so well maybe that's that sounds yeah um yeah well well, Riker was who said that he. You like uh, the the three. The the new yeah the, from the deluxe edition from, but he also really likes Secret Weapon. So okay. I might have been making it up. Who knows? Well, yeah, we'll we'll have to figure it out. Riker, hit us up, um, as I know you will. Um, but let's move on to the bonus track, Major Tom coming home. Not the Bowie version. <laughs> no. Trying to relax Up in the capsule Send me up a drink Jokes 
Were you familiar with Peter Schilling at all? Well, I mean, I've heard this song, but yeah. I don't. I didn't. I, no. If someone held a gun to my set, <laughs> head and said, "Who did this song?" I would be dead. Oh yeah, definitely. I have no idea. I because when I heard that they did Major Thomas Bones track, I just assumed it was Space, Space Oddity, Oddity for some reason, and I was like. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> Trying to imagine an MXPX cover of, of that Bowie. song was like, that's weird. Um, Ground then it was... control to... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if a punk version Ground of that. Ground control to Major Tom. <laughs> Take protein pills, yeah. <laughs> do too. <laughs> but... <laughs> I uh, no, I when I was looking it up, I was like, "Who?" And then even when I started the song, I was like, "I don't know." And then the chorus, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." It's a great song, but no, I do not know this dude at all. <laughs> no, big in Germany, probably big in big in Germany. I'd like it though. It's a good cover. That chorus is is great. Yeah, it's a solid chorus. It's one of those. It's one of those songs where it's like. All right, get the verse over. Yeah, yeah. Give Where me the are we payoff. going here? Give me oh, the payoff. Oh, yeah, there it is. Just wait, endorphins just washing yeah, over yep, your brain. Yep, Um. So we've also talked about off the pod that there's some other covers that they've done that have shown up on various um, albums. The Hey Porter, mm-hmm. um, John... Johnny Cash tribute. Yep. Um, fine. Which is fine. Um, our mysteries <laughs> segment song. So great. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> I hope there's a scene with them playing in the movie. <laughs> Like that's how it closes with them I at a concert. Or I want to see. I want to see the band being chased in oh, in and out of that, doors. If they didn't do that video, that's a real. That's a they're missing lost. an opportunity. Yeah, and I don't think they did. And then of course, the the first song I think I. All right. MXPX song. Who I is this heard, a cover of? Uh, Petra. Oh right, right, right. Sounds pretty good. I could be friends with you. This is like Poconacha era, yes? Or later than that? I think it was not long after. Okay. And then some more clash. I haven't heard this, I don't think. He's in love with rock and roll, whoa. He's in love with Mike is a better. Fit to Joe Stroman. He's in love with Rock and I could leave it. Yeah. Makes me want to go listen to the Clash song. <laughs> I would much rather listen to that first Clash album. Yeah. But this, this they nail, in my opinion. That was Tom, right? Yeah. Let's do it! it. A little more committed there. A little more committed. (laughs) Tease, tease, tease. (laughs) If they played this live, that would be fun. Yeah, it'd be fun as hell. Everybody going down to the floor. (laughs) Isley Brothers. 
Yeah, this is from the Animal House reissue. Yeah. Which I believe we discussed at some point. But... Yeah. It was like 10 years ago at this point. Yeah. The, when that... There you go, Mike. See, that's what Nailed I'm saying, it. man. This is why this song is so surprising to yeah. me. It's cool. But I want to get to the... I want to get to the, the part that surprises me the most... Yeah those vokes on full display mm. Woo! yeah girl get it mm-hmm. preach we're in church now take take me to church mike <laughs> Look at that. Listen to that gospel piano. Yeah, it's real fun. I'm into it. Into it. Into it. All right. Yeah. Where are we at here? Where are we at? <laughs> well, John, we oh, still... this might be a new record, no? We, we, we still have two and a half more hours of... <laughs> Of of an episode that wow. we that the, the fans yep. they they the demand, demand it. it the people demand at least two people hashtag the people demand a five hour pod yeah well settle in everybody <laughs> settle I in I, I think I've reached my limit for yes for I have I have as well um, Just say what we're going to talk about next time we have we haven't said should we hitting that. Renaissance EP? Hitting that Renaissance. The Renaissance. Yeah, people like that one. People like it. I like it. I think there might be some controversies because... Yeah, we'll see. You you like it, don't love it. Yeah, but I need to revisit. We'll yeah. see how I feel. Um, yeah, and then after that, we're going to have to see what people... The people demand next. Yeah. Because there are... There's still plenty to cover, but... It's true. Um... Just want to remind everybody of the voicemail, 8727-MAG-POD, 8727624763. Leave us a voicemail um, on our machine. Please do. And hit us up on iTunes. Um, subscribe, review, leave us a review telling us that you... Uh, want to be friends with us and <laughs> five stars please five stars uh shout out to was it nick our buddy who left the rating with the headline if ever there was a pod to be engaged to <laughs> <laughs> our yeah. our boy yep love uh, it stitcher google play spotify youtube all the things we're there instagram and twitter at magnified pod yeah. magnified pod at gmail.com you got them all, man. Oof. You're you're becoming, you're you're. <laughs> Something's happening. Something's happening. Mm. You're you. Yeah, I'm gonna look up this. Uh, I'm gonna look at this review again, because it's uh, a. <laughs> there was a pod to be engaged to. <laughs> Who was it? It was Nick. Nick. Yeah. Book. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. Nick, love it, love it. Makes us so happy. Any, anything yeah. else? Um. I don't I don't think so. Think, right. think, think we, uh, we, we covered we, it. 
Well, on the next episode, we'll cover the Renaissance EP, when it'll be about time for a podcast at our house. And it wouldn't be the same without you, so join us, won't you?